Hello, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. This is Tara and EJ Kerwin. We are always grateful to be here. Our passion is just helping others have healthy relationships that feel good for them. So thank you for tuning in every week with our show. Yeah, and we are uh, lucky that we have built a center here in Tucson where we have a number of therapists that are working with us. And, you know, one of the important things that we talk about when we're trying to educate people who are or maybe seeking therapy is the importance of finding the therapist that's right for you. And that certainly is a little bit about personality, you know, and energy and somebody who you just connect with. But also, you know, therapists have a variety of focuses, you know, they have a variety of of trainings that they've gone through. And one thing we want to offer in this show, and we're going to be doing this in the upcoming weeks, is focusing on certain therapies and educating you about them, helping understand what they are. And then you can kind of go out and explore I think so many people think of therapy just being like, oh, talk therapy, I'm going to go and tell somebody all my problems. And that's just not true. And again, we feel really grateful because we have such a diverse skill set with all of our therapists here from somatic experiencing to EMDR trauma, dance movement therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, addiction specialty. So yes, we want to be able to educate the community around what each different type of modality kind of looks like. Yeah. So today we have on Robin Memel Fox. She's come in the past and talked a lot about trauma. And she also did a a fantastic show about EMDR and really helping people understand that uh, trauma resolution technique. Today, she's going to be talking to us about dance therapy, which is something I know you're really passionate about. Welcome, Robin, back to our show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. So dance therapy. I mean, first, how did that even, for you, why move towards dance therapy? So I danced all my life as a kid, more like creative movement and different forms of dance. I wasn't really that into ballet because I first started as creative mover when I was little. And then I think when I became a teenager and became a little bit more self-conscious, I stopped dancing. And so I actually wrote my thesis on that about young teens and growing up and body image and sexuality and identity and all that stuff. And I was just looking at my thesis last night like, oh, that's pretty good. (laughs) But anyway, so then I got into psychology, my bachelor in psychology, and then I got back into dance in college. I started taking some more dance classes And then I really found out that, you know, in order to move forward in the field of psychology, you need a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about social work and all these different avenues of what I could do. And then I heard about dance movement therapy from a friend who had a friend who was going to the school I ended up going to in Colorado for dance movement therapy. And I just said, oh, my God, there's something for me combining psychology and my love of dance and what, what is that? And so I started doing more research and talking with people in the field about it. And it just like resonated. And so I just went for it and got my master's in somatic psychology, dance movement therapy in Boulder, Colorado, at a school called Naropa University. Naropa. I got it. I'm just so curious, like when you, because you said you became self-conscious in your maybe teenage years and you Mm -hmm. stopped dancing and then you rediscovered it. What was it like for you when you rediscovered dancing again? I felt like I was back in my body and more confident and my self-esteem increased. I also like found sports in high school too. So that helped me. I think when I was in high school, they actually recruited me because I was tall. 
for basketball. And so that really helped my self-esteem too. And so I still was able to move my body and use it in a different way that I hadn't used it. So that was kind of very informative too. Yeah. So when you're in this dance movement training, Mm -hmm. how is it? Because right, I was in the clinical psychology. We learned all the different cognitive behavioral and psychoanalytic and object relations and what was different about your master's program that kind of, you know, would like make it unique unique and different from just like the clinical psychology? Great question. We got all of that too. We got all of the theories of psychotherapy and counseling and clinical psychology, all of that. So the degree is like a counseling psychology degree along with specialty in dance movement therapy. So in the master's programs, there's probably about five around the country in the United States Dance movement therapy is all over the world. There's a lot of other programs, but it's an accredited program where you learn about body observation, movement. You have to have some dance background. You have to take anatomy, physiology. So you're really studying about the body and learning a lot about the body and groups and working with being able to observe people's bodies and how they move and understanding different abnormal psych through looking through the body. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We never had any of that kind of training in our master's program. Yeah. And also there's an emphasis in mindfulness in my program because it was a contemplative psychology, Buddhist-based program Mm -hmm. too, which was really amazing too. We learned a lot about that and how to incorporate mindfulness into psychology. So the field of dance movement therapy really was birthed from the field of modern dance back in the 1940s. Um, Marion Chase, one of the founders of dance movement therapy in, in the United States, was teaching dance. And she found that like all these people were coming who weren't trained dancers to the, her classes. And hmm. she said, Why, this is curious. Why are normal pedestrian type of people coming to dance classes? And they, she found that they would talk about how good they felt when they were moving and dancing and just you know, expressing themselves. And so she started leading groups in the back wards of psychiatric hospitals in New York City in the 1940s. Wow. Yeah. And so that kind of birthed the field of dance therapy and they started to do more research and look at, you know, different philosophies and body, mind, spirit kinds of, you Mm -hmm. know, ways. And um, looking at dance, looking at anatomy, looking at movement, explorations and observations and how what she found was that people in the psychiatric hospital, when they were in the dance therapy group, so she always did it in groups, they became more organized Mm. through their bodies because they didn't have, you know, the word salad and all these things that were happening when Mm -hmm. people who were pretty psychotic. So she found that they were like able to connect non-verbally and organize themselves through this group, through rhythm, through music, through attuning to each other. And it was just like this amazing organic process that happened. I mean, what does that look like, that integration? Because people, you know, listening who maybe, you know, have no idea about this, their paradigm of therapy is like you sit down, the person's across from you and you talk about stuff. Yeah. You know, like what's the integration between talking with somebody and then moving their body? So let me first give you the definition of what it is. So the American Dance Therapy Association, which has been around for 55 or so years now, the organization makes this definition that it's the psychotherapeutic use of movement as a process which helps further the individual's emotional, cognitive, physical integration. Most people are very cut off from their bodies. We're in our heads. And so being able to integrate 
the body can affect change in feeling, cognition, physical functioning, and behavior. So mm-hmm. it's really looking at patterns of the way people move, the ways people's rhythms are, and how they can repattern those through getting more embodied and more in touch with themselves mm-hmm. and feeling more seen as a therapeutic modality with the therapist. So it's not just dancing in your living room. Mm-hmm. It's a really a relational theory, so right. to speak, where it's about being seen. And so it really helps people to express themselves in a different way. So people get caught up in their head or, right. you know, in with sophisticated language or trying to make meaning. It's more of a symbolic meaning through the vehicle of the body accessing your emotions, especially when there's dysregulation, there's disconnection from Mm -hmm. relationships, you know, and people's different ways of being. And so we're looking at patterns and helping people to observe and kind of not judge themselves and be able to say, oh, that's interesting. Like when I move this way, I feel a sense of freedom versus restriction and I'm holding myself in this restricted state. Mm-hmm. So by repatterning the body and moving in different ways, we get new information and create new neuropathways from our body and our mind. So is it pretty like guided? Is is it like that somebody's in there and you're asking them like, hey, move this way or do this or like, that. yeah, like how do you get, because I'm thinking a lot of people walking in that environment are going to be a little stiff, right? You know, they're Mm going to have a hard time moving in even their natural way. So dance movement therapy can be done with an individual or in a group. Mm -hmm. Group work is really, again, where it was birthed, but um, the group work is really powerful because you're working with other people in the group and picking up on their energies Mm -hmm. and creating a group kind of rhythm. So a typical dance therapy session, I think, is what you're asking. Like, what does it look like? So yeah. it's it varies with different populations. You know, people use dance therapy in all kinds of settings. So with children, with geriatric people, with, you know, teenagers, with couples, with groups of people in treatment centers. It really depends on the, you know, the ego functioning of the individual. So it's going to look different in a group setting at a hospital than it's going to look in a private therapy office. For the context of working in an individual session, I might introduce dance therapy by having someone just kind of get in touch with their body Mm -hmm. when they're talking about something. So very somatic based, which would be, you know, where do you feel that in your body? Can you notice where you feel that? What's the sensation? Mm -hmm. And then we'll talk about it a little bit. And then I'll say, would you be willing maybe to stand up and do some movement with that? And so I might just guide them and put some music on, not always using music, but music is a nice vehicle Mm -hmm. where we might be talking about a certain theme or issue. And so we want to see, okay, how does that feel in your body? You have to listen to the words people are saying. So if someone's saying, oh, I just feel really stuck in this relationship, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to set boundaries so I say, okay, so where do you feel stuck in your body? What would it be like to really feel that stuckness and just really say, I'm moving my body so I'm talking about yeah. it, you notice. So like hold that posture, hold that pose of feeling stuck and just what happens? And then we talk about it a little bit. Okay, so what would happen if you would move a little bit and just, you know, see what happens when you, you move one arm? Does that change that pattern or What information are you getting through your body that's connecting to those emotions? Mm. So, you know, I don't want to tell someone how to move. I just offer different kinds of 
suggestions to maybe say, well, what would happen if you move this way? What wants to happen in your body? So you're listening to inner impulses in the body, inner sensations and moving from that place. So I might move with them and mirror them. That's a really big concept with dance therapy is the mirroring, the entombment. I might do a specific guided, you know, let's mirror each other. I've done this a lot with couples with the mirroring where they're taking turns, following Mm -hmm. each other's movements and maybe playing with touch and pushing and pulling. So there's a lot of different ways to work with it. The problem with trying to explain dance therapy is that it's really the material comes from the client. Yeah. Yeah. Just like in talk therapy, right? I could Mm -hmm. see how it would be like incredibly useful because sometimes, especially when you're dealing with somebody who's out of touch with their emotions and you ask them to express something, you know, one tool we use is somatic awareness of like, God, I can see like when you talk about this topic, like it looks almost mm-hmm. like like your entire left side of your body, your shoulder is tensing up. Yeah. We bring their attention to it, but you sort of take it to the, the that next, next level, level That's exactly what I was of thinking. like, what if you move that? And what if it was wave-like? Or what if it shot out your fingertips mm-hmm. or, or whatever? And that it it takes it out of just like us conversing. Right. And so useful, right? Because we're always like telling certain clients, like, we got to get you into your body. We got to get you out of your head because exactly. you're trying to solve this problem all above the neck. Right. And so right. Th- this has got to be an amazing way to help people. Yeah. It's getting information through the body. And again, we're cut off from our bodies. And if you have trauma, it can be scary. So we move oh. really slow to titrate, to really kind of work very slowly and mindfully to get people out of their heads and connect that. What comes to my mind when I'm hearing you talk, Robin, is just like the level of vulnerability, Mm. probably, Mm -hmm. that it takes to feel safe with another therapist Mm -hmm. to like really even go there. Yeah. But that exploring that vulnerability or even the fear of vulnerability, that that could be a really great way that movement therapy helps release that fear. Absolutely. Yeah. It's being seen in a different way and the mirroring and attuning, you know, as attachment stuff all the way, you know. And so when I have someone who's disorganized or, or has a difficult connection to someone in their life, you know, maybe by practicing that connection with mm-hmm. me, they can feel safe, as you say, to like, okay, I can work with my body. And it's a lot of metaphors too. So, you know, especially in groups, themes and metaphors come up. And really my role is to be a witness and and move and I might suggest things, but again, the material is really coming coming from them. And which is, which is hard. I stumble sometimes in the beginning, I would say with, with introducing clients in in a one-on-one setting. Sometimes if they've never done it there, I have people who, you know, come to me because they, are really curious about dance movement therapy and others who have no idea that they might benefit from it. We're not going to jump right into that, you know? Right. So we're, you know, then I, I ask them, would you be interested in maybe working with that or trying it? And usually people say, yeah, but it doesn't happen right away. Right away. Yeah. 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 I could definitely see it being effective sort of weaving it in mm-hmm. versus somebody, you know, because there's like so many people, like I feel this way that like if somebody's like, dance, you know, or, or, or move your body or, or show me what that would look like in dance form, I would like lock up. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like I'm being observed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you could get somebody into that space where they feel safe and they feel less observed and they could move, I think it would be easy to like, wow, like connect to something that's, that's yeah. not achievable 
right up, 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 in, there, up in your yeah. brain, you know. It brings up emotions. A client recently was saying that she got back into exercising and she was on the treadmill and she noticed she started crying while she's on the mm. treadmill. She's like, why am I crying? I don't understand this because I was doing dance therapy with her and, and moving and she had some emotions and she connected that like, oh, I've been stuck. I needed to move my body. And so as I started exercising, I had emotions come up. And so we do, we, things get stuck. And so we have to move it and sequence it out mm-hmm. in, a, in a certain way. The other thing I wanted to say that like, because we store things in our bodies, movement is our first form of communication mm-hmm. as babies. Yeah. In, even in the womb, the first cells that myelinate to form are movement. That's mm-hmm. why babies move in the womb and yeah. they don't have language. They don't have yeah. cognitive, you know. Nothing, just movement. Yeah. yeah. So that first connection to the caretaker mm-hmm. is through movement, through attuning, through touch, so, mm-hmm. so much is kinesthetic and it's innate in us. So, yeah. you know, then we get self-conscious as teenagers, as I was saying before, and then we freeze or we have trauma and we go into these freeze responses or all these different things. So we're working on helping people change and affirm the authentic self through self-expression. Mm-hmm. So some of the themes that come up in a dance therapy session might be you know, self-awareness, play, mindfulness. So we play a lot in these groups, like, Mm -hmm. you know, that self-regulation, grounding, breathing, that sense of freedom, that body, mind, spirit, again, that sense of aliveness in your body to be able to just Mm. feel and move in a safe place. Because we walk around, you know, in these like tight bodies and everyone has a different rhythm though. Some people are fast moving and Mm -hmm. other people are just like slower. And in a coupleship, you might have one person who is really fast and the other person's a little slower. So we'd work with that. Like, well, what happens when you attune to that rhythm? Mm-hmm. What happens when you turn to your partner's rhythm that you're not comfortable with and getting in their body, understanding what that might feel like? You know? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just seeing like a, like a couple's retreat where there's like a dance therapy yeah. component. And, <laughs> and because, you know, so much of what we do in solving our problems with our partner and even like, you know, around intimacy is like, we talk about it and we talk about it and we talk about it, which is so constricting. Like you said, it's like gripping your way through it and having couples and creating a safe environment with their partner and getting them out of their heads and moving together, I could see it just like demolishing walls, you know, the, of, For sure. of well, disconnection. The, and the identifying the feeling of tension in the body versus we're having this experience where we can feel more calm, more relaxed, more movable, if you will. Mm-hmm. And just like, because if we don't have access to that in the first place, we don't even know what that feels like. Right. So yeah, I could see that being very, very useful. And it's also just recognizing those patterns that we have, like we all have our our ways and it's not that it's bad or you have to change it. It's just becoming aware of it right? and how that shows up. And is that working for you? What would happen if Mm -hmm. you expanded in a different Mm -hmm. way and just had more awareness in your body so that you can listen to your emotions more and maybe doing that by knowing yourself and what you need, you're going to have better boundaries. You're going to have a better sense of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, body image, all of these different things that through dance therapy, you know, you, it's about, again, feeling safe in the body and it, and it's a process. I'm just thinking of like 
moments in couples therapy when I see one partner going towards the other to like give them a kiss or hug and at the end and how it's oftentimes like kind of jilted and like constricted. Mm. And then the idea of using dance therapy to like be like, hey, let's do that approach differently. Let's yeah. come from the side or what if you're, you know, and, you know, helping them explore moving in because so much of our intimacy is physical, mm-hmm. but we don't, I don't know, like, like I, I think especially when couples are rebuilding that bond, there's not a lot of freedom. Yeah. No, it's clunky. Right? And, yeah. They're yeah. like afraid. There's like the other person has their walls and being yeah, able to help them yeah. see that, that just seems like it would be amazing. And how are you attuned or misattuned? So I'll give an example of that. I worked with a couple who there was just a real disconnect with them around intimacy and sexuality and also just their communication. And so I had them sit on the floor with their back to back and notice what that was like and feel that. And the female was just tense. And I saw this because he was trying to lean into her, you know, and she was, you could just see the tension. Mm-hmm. And so she she just said, wow, this feels so uncomfortable. Wow. I don't understand. And she got really flustered by it. And so we talked about it and used that just in that moment. It was happened so quickly. She got the information in her body versus if we would have kept talking about it, you know, And so they were able, I tried to like help them like, okay, what happened? Where do you feel? I didn't really give them much guidance. Just, just let them play with it a little bit and see what happened, you know, and he was trying to kind of connect with her more and she had a harder time. And so we stopped and and we talked about it and it was just really impactful in that way that she got like how much she's holding and Mm -hmm. needed to kind of get that in her body. And, and, and they really shifted after that. Like we've had a couple other movement kinds of things we did, but then just talking, they've just really shifted through that. It was pretty remarkable. Well, I think that's a a great segue because we've started here to offer a online event like every five, six weeks that Robin, you're you're hosting and leading. It's called Let's Dance for Love. It's Mm -hmm. a it's a home event. It's something that people can do at home, Zoom. And can you tell us about it? Because I think it you know, it kind of speaks to what you're talking about is couples using this sort of approach to, to connect. Yeah, we did um, our first one in January. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through the pandemic, I, I did a lot of dancing online myself. And I found it just really helpful, even though it wasn't the same as being in person. And so I thought, well, this would be great to offer for couples to do in the comfort of their own home, where you can kind of have a date night. If you're not in a coupleship, you can still do it to love yourself and to have a date night with yourself. Absolutely. So it's really just an opportunity. I play music and do some a little bit of guided ways to connect and set some intentions and find different ways I'm going to, you know, really not talk a whole lot, but guide people to some different activities or exercises, but really just playing music and having you dance and together in a fun place and seeing other people on the screen and just kind of connecting in that way through Zoom to have fun, to feel more connection and attuned to each other in a sort of a dance movement therapy-ish way, but it's not like a session in person. I loved it. So we did our first one. We had our whole, I'll never have all kids there again. That was freaking (laughs) crazy. But the sense of like, oh my gosh, there's all these people that I don't know. There's some people that I do and we're all just being whoever we need to be in the living room. And it just felt so 
warm and connecting and people were from all over the United States. I'm like, here we all are just dancing in our living room to Robin's music. It was really (laughs) cool. So I'm very excited to be in this. I I had a moment in it when it was where actually, I think for some reason, all the kids like left the room and then you left to make sure that they weren't like killing each other. (laughs) And I like sat there and I danced for about a minute or two by myself and it was, I mean, and that is definitely not something I naturally do. And it felt so good because I was just like, I don't care. And I was so tense because the kids were like really insane. But like when I was able to let go of a lot of tension by moving and then Tara came back in the room, I was like, <laughs> I think you were stressed out because of the kids still, but I was like, hey, let's connect. And, <laughs> hey, baby. You know, so I think it's like, I think it's definitely a really neat event for for individuals, for couples to come. And it is this interesting thing because there's like a social element that we're all there together mm-hmm. in a Zoom room, but there's also this like safety of like, I'm not really being observed. Like nobody's right. really looking at me. Mm-hmm. People can even turn off their cameras right. if, if they're yeah. if they're not comfortable. Most people kept it on and there's enough time tiles up there of different people that you're, you, yeah. there's an anonymity that makes it like really safe, you know? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had yeah. a great time dancing with my husband too. Like we haven't done that in a long time. So yeah. it was really oh, fun. Oh, he was awesome. Yeah. Oh, Randy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's something we're just going to offer because we just, again, we want to help uh, individuals and couples just try to find you know, a lot of different ways to connect with each other than just through words and movement. And what I've seen and the work I've done with you is significant. I wanted to share one story. I know we're probably running out of time, but Robin did a group training with our staff on movement therapy. And I remember I was with a coworker who I was very frustrated with. We were having like a thing and we were butting heads. And of course, Robin pairs me with this coworker. And I I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I was like, my body was tense. I was kind of, I was frustrated. I wasn't kind of, I was angry. I was sad. I was disappointed. And here comes my coworker and we have to do this mirroring exercise. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? But I am telling you <laughs> 10 minutes into it, loosening that up and mirroring with someone I was frustrated with being able to like move through that in my body was significant. And we came out the other side like, yeah. okay, this happens. We work together. We do a lot of intense work together. Like it's okay. And we were able, it was very vulnerable, yes. Robin, but it yes. was incredible. So I I got to experience that <laughs> firsthand. It was perfect. It really yeah, was. It was just right in the moment. And that's exactly it. You don't know what's walking in your room. No. And you just work with the material. Yeah. And that's where my training and dance therapist training is, is really observing the body and what's happening and kind of working with that in a very organic, authentic, safe, loving way. Yeah. Just looking in someone's eyes and seeing them and moving with them is the most vulnerable, beautiful experience. And I've seen this with groups, people who don't know each other and they pair up and have this like really intense experience too. And to me, like connection is everything. Humans feeling connected. And I just want to put one last plug in for the embodied healing for trauma group that um, we just started here. I'm working with um, a group of women who all have experienced some trauma and we're doing embodied healing with movement and art and writing and processing and psychoeducation. And it's just been our second week. And so far it's been really powerful. And 
I'm going to be doing it again, starting again in mid-April. So if anyone's out there locally who wants to look into that, you can look on the website for information yeah, about information. the group. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. page underneath our uh, program section about the group, so you guys can check it out. And I just want to say thank you, Robin, just for what you bring to our center and to so many individuals and couples. You're unique and beautiful and wise and just... Oh my gosh. And we have you forever. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so honored and grateful with us. to be here. You know, I, I yeah. Just thank you so much yeah. for, for letting me do my thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. And we'll, you know, in the show notes, we'll definitely offer some resources about dance therapy. Robin will, will mm-hmm. give us, if it's just something you want to just know more about, whether it's a clinician or somebody thinking about getting into the field or an individual who's like, yeah, maybe that would be useful for me to get into my body. So we'll we'll share some resources. We'll also provide a link to... So let's, let's dance, dance for love. let's dance for love. And they'll, you know, they're going to be every, you know, five, six weeks or so. Yeah. And so, it's super cost. It's like $15 for yeah. a couple. March yeah. 4th is the next one. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening as always. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Thank you for being here. We feel truly grateful. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.